When the Titanic went down in the North Atlantic, 80% of the men on board died. But 70% of the women and children on board survived. Why? Why was there such a difference? Because those men had the courage to suffer on behalf of the weak and defenseless, even to the point of laying down their own lives. And in a disaster like the sinking of the Titanic, that's always meant women and children first. It's a glorious manly virtue. Women and children first. And what do we all instinctively think of the kind of a man in a shipwreck who tramples over the weak and defenseless, shoves aside and tramples over women and children in a single-minded drive to get in a lifeboat? It's not worth repeating what we think of them, is it? Women and children first. As that late great Jesuit Father Daniel Lord pointed out in an argument we'll follow closely this morning, the same kind of courage, the same kind of zeal that drives a man on a sinking ship to stuff the women and children into a lifeboat, well, he knows full well that he's doomed. That same kind of wonderful Christian courage is what fills the heart of every Catholic who's in love with holy purity the holy purity that our Lord calls each one of us to. Why? What does holy purity have to do with the Titanic? The men in love with holy purity say, women and children first. The women in love with holy purity say, children first. The pure of heart are all shouting, babies first. Women and children first. Holy purity is a barrier it's a great protective barrier. It's a defensive wall that any clear-sighted Catholic relies upon to protect and defend that great creative power that God has blessed each one of us with. To get some idea of how very important this defensive wall of holy purity is, let's take a minute to think about the greatness of what it's defending. We'll take a moment to think about the great creative power. Just consider the babies. Thank you, parents. Think about babies. A career, a bridge, a bank account, a building, a book. All those will fade into dust someday. This whole universe is grinding to an end. But a baby, a baby is immortal. Civilizations will come and go, crumble into dust, and just blow away. But a baby has an eternal destiny. That baby will live forever. The universe will come to an end, and yet that baby will live on. Think about the power, the incredible, awesome power there. Think about God's first blessing on man. Be fruitful and multiply. That's God's incredible, awesome first blessing. And God has given that power to man and woman together. They're the joint guardians of an absolutely incredible power. The power of cooperating with God in bringing other men into existence. This creative power makes men and women godlike. The creative power makes them godlike. The power of cooperating with God and bringing other men into existence 
makes men and women godlike. Maybe we've all just taken that for granted before, but just stand back a little bit and think of how absolutely amazing it is. God doesn't need us. He doesn't need anything. He's God. He doesn't need us. He could have just kept making people the same way he made Adam, right from scratch, using just a little mud. But he didn't. God could have just kept on making people that same way. But he didn't. What did he do? He blessed men and women with this amazing, incredible ability. He gave them this awesome responsibility of bringing the next generation to life, of helping him produce new immortal beings. So holy purity is the only sensible approach to this creative power. The pure man or woman says, I'll only use this creative power in the way God intends me to use it. It's God's power, and he's lent it to me, so I'm never going to do anything to misuse this power or to prevent the birth of those children that God wants me to bring into the world. And why does he want me to bring them into the world? So that later on, he can fill heaven with them. The pure man sees a clear obligation to protect women who will be mothers and the babies who will be born from attacks of the enemies of holy purity. The man in love with holy purity says women and children first. The poor, pure woman realizes that her body is a chalice of new life, a precious holy vessel out of which will flow the future of the world. The woman in love with holy purity says children first. And the pure heart is strong. A pure man doesn't disregard his duties because of some passion. He just doesn't cave in because of selfishness. A pure woman doesn't disregard her duties just because some guy winked at her. She doesn't cave in just because of selfishness. The pure man and the pure woman realize that the whole future of this world, and even the saints going to heaven in the next, depends on the creative power. And so the pure of heart say bravely to our Lord, I will not abuse the sacred trust. And they also both realize that if they use this power selfishly, the consequences will fall mostly on the baby. The selfish use of this power causes most of the consequences to fall on babies. But the pure of heart aren't going to selfishly trample over babies in a single-minded drive to have a good time. Their motto is women and children first. They see in a marriage, women and man enter into a partnership with God himself, and they're cooperating in producing the next generation of saints. They see this partnership has to be prepared for, just like any other challenging career. So the pure man sees clearly that he has to save himself entirely for that one woman, and the pure woman sees clearly she has to save herself entirely for that one man. And they both see that they have to save themselves entirely until that day they have God's blessing to use that great creative power. And of course they realize that the happiness and success they can expect in marriage is directly related to holy purity. So they realize they'd be fools to risk it. Now everyone knows that having children and raising them to adulthood is a lot of work. So God gives man and woman love and passion and sanctifying grace as their rewards for the correct use of that power. 
God thinks it's so important that he made it a sacrament. Think about what that means. That means that using the creative power correctly is part of God's plan for growing in holiness. It's a very important part of holiness for married couples and helping them get to heaven. And the rewards attached to this power are only for those who use the power according to God's plan. This power is holy. It's something holy. It might be easier to see how incredible all this is if we take just a moment to compare it to another incredible power that God has given to men. We know that God could bring men directly to heaven without priests, without any help whatsoever. But instead, he's blessed certain men with this amazing ability to teach in his name and forgive sins and to calm down from heaven onto altars. God gave priests a share in his great sanctifying power. God gave married couples a share in his great creative power. And he gave us a share in his great sanctifying power. Now think for a moment how important it is for a priest to use his powers correctly. When it's used correctly, souls are filled with grace, heaven is opened, and God is pleased with man. But the sanctifying power is a terrible, frightful thing. It doesn't belong to the priest. It's a power on loan from God, and it must be used exactly as God intends. Priests must do rituals exactly as they're written, adding nothing, leaving nothing out. If this great sanctifying power is used incorrectly, sacrilegiously, which, as we all know, is a horrible sin committed when someone violates holy things by using them in ways not intended by God, this sacrilegious use of that power calls down death and destruction and casts priests and faithful headlong into the pit of hell. Holy things have to be handled as holy, and they have to be used according to God's rules. Using this power only as God intends it to be used is only the sensible approach to the wonderful sanctifying power of the priesthood. And similarly, to sin against great creative power, a sin of impurity, is like sacrilege because it's betraying something sacred. It's betraying something holy. It's really taking the act merely for the pleasure. It's cheating on God and betraying his trust and his blessing. It's stealing something that hasn't been earned. So now we can see why the sins of deliberate sterilization or contraception, so-called birth control, are so evil. These are just pagan practices in which the men and women are stealing the rewards God has attached to the creative power, but refusing to let God be God. These people accept the wage, but they refuse the task. But we all know that the Catholic Church teaches in the name of Jesus Christ and by his authority that direct sterilization and contraception are always intrinsically evil and there are absolutely no exceptions. Pope Pius XI, quote, Any use whatsoever of matrimony exercised in such a way that the act is deliberately frustrated in its natural power to generate life is an offense against the law of God and of nature, and those who indulge in such are branded with the guilt of a grave sin. Close quote, the Vicar of Christ. The only reason these basic concepts of the natural law sound surprising to so many of our neighbors is because we live in what our Holy Father calls a culture of death. 
Instead of women and children first, the motto of a culture of death is me first. Me first. Well, me first is just a modern echo of the most ancient war cry, an echo of that scream made long ago, made by the person behind the culture of death, an echo of the ancient ballad cry screamed out by the devil when he rebelled. So we live and we're immersed in a culture of death, a culture that hates God and his great creative power and his great sanctifying power because it reflects the attitudes and hatred of its master, the devil. And so that makes it easy for those who are not pure of heart to fall into that terrible state of mind where they too are full of the attitude of me first, instead of women and children first, instead of God first. And they can develop what's known as a contracepting mindset, where they take the act for the rewards only. And when someone has this mindset, instead of clearly seeing this great power as a blessing from God, they see it instead as a curse. They're seeing it through the eyes of the culture of death, the eyes of the devil. And it doesn't even stop there. This mindset has some other logical consequences. For example, one of the fruits is abortion. Why? Because if people don't have the idea of women and children first, if they don't see the beauty and blessing of the great creative power, but think of the rewards only, then they think, or they start to think of this most holy act, this means of growing in holiness for a married couple, as a form of recreation unconnected to the creative power. So what? Well then when a baby unexpectedly shows up, the natural reaction of people with this mindset is, Oh no, where did he come from? And one of the many so-called possible solutions to this problem is to get rid of him. But we all know that the Catholic Church teaches in the name of Jesus Christ and by his authority that direct abortion is always intrinsically evil and there are absolutely no reasons to justify the direct abortion of an innocent baby made in the image and likeness of God. It's always evil, no exceptions whatsoever. Let's close. By virtue of our confirmation, we're called to be witnesses. We're called to be signs of contradiction. And nothing but nothing is more countercultural, nothing is more contradictory than to stand up for holy purity in the midst of the sewage that passes for this culture of death. To stand up for holy purity in the midst of this culture drunk on lust and to give to our neighbors a message that everyone needs. In a culture of lies, we have the message of truth. In a culture of selfishness, we have the message of generosity. In a culture of despair, we have a message of hope. In a culture of death, we have the message of life. In a culture where so many people are trampling over babies and each other, we have the message of holy purity. Women and children first, babies first, God first. If anyone's been saying me first, repent. Make a good confession. Say the three Hail Marys morning and evening and ask Our Lady for the courage to say, women and children first, babies first, God first.